Hello Saints, Todd here with SafeguardYourSoul.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. We are so blessed to have these moments together in the Word of God. And remember, Saints, there's nothing, there's nothing, no thing happening on God's planet that is even remotely as important as the work of the gospel and feeding the sheep of Jesus Christ for whom He died to save so that they can grow in grace, they can be edified, they can be equipped for the work of the ministry according to the Scriptures. And let me just guarantee you this one thing, by the grace of God, this outreach will continue to unapologetically endeavor to preach the whole of the Word of God, regardless of who gets offended or not, in Jesus' name. And please remember that your prayers and support are vital to this operation. Thank you. Saints, let's talk about Jezebel's double standard and Jezebel's agenda and how so many counterfeits, people who claim to be Christian, are actually consumed in the agenda of Jezebel. Now, how could this possibly be? Well, very simply, there's so many who are not presenting themselves a living sacrifice to God, which is our reasonable service, and so they're conformed to the false philosophies, the rebellious agenda of the God. God of this world, Satan, the prince of the power of the air, because they're not denying themselves, taking up their cross and following Jesus. That was taken from Romans 12, verse 1 and 2. Anybody that's not presenting their body as a living sacrifice to the Lord, living a crucified life, is not following Jesus, period. And then you got many who will say, but brother, I go to church. I don't care. Jesus didn't say, go to church every Sunday. Jesus said, follow me. The Bible doesn't say, go to church every Sunday. It's says, forsake not the assembling of yourselves together. Doesn't mention Sunday, does it? No. The early church is our example. If you'll study and believe and receive the word of God for yourself as God requires you to do, and that's why you're deceived, because you're following men. You're not following Jesus. And they met house to house daily. End of book of Acts chapter 2. They couldn't get enough of Jesus. God wasn't a little compartmentalized hobby to them, a second class citizen. He was the first love of their lives. Anyone who does not have Jesus Christ as the head of their life, uh, reigning on the throne of their heart as the first priority love of their life, Revelation 2, 4, and 5, or it is in need of utter repentance, no matter what. What else you might seem to have, you're as sure for hell as if you were already there. Your eternal soul is dangling over the flames of eternal damnation. Examples of the double standards of our day of Jezebel. Now, we're not going to hit a exhaustive list, but let's just talk about two or three of them and to open your eyes, to help us have our eyes open to what's of God and what's not. Notice in our corrupted society, it seems that discrimination against women is dead wrong. How dare you be a sexist and say anything negative about any female walking the earth? But at the same time, discrimination against men is called equal opportunity and is actually applauded, right? Yeah. They say, I want equality, but also I want special treatment. You ever notice that when a man dates a woman, he's expected to pay for the meal? Wait a minute. Where's the equality here? You know, he 
he's vesting himself in a woman that he doesn't know is vesting herself in him. Women want to be able to go out and compete with men and earn as much or more than them, but they want the man to have to pay all the bills. Isn't that interesting? That's how it happens in the wicked enterprise of the divorce courts now. You know, the woman almost always is rewarded with the kids just because she's the mother. She's no more the parent than the father. The children need both. And then child support is has to be paid normally 90% or more of the times by the man. Again, double standards. And let's talk about another one here. When a man doesn't work, when he doesn't cut grass or take out the garbage, he is viciously and many times publicly bashed and labeled as a deadbeat dad or father or husband. Yet a woman who doesn't cook and clean is somehow aggrandized and celebrated as a powerful, independent woman. Wow. You know, unbelievable. In abortion, here's another one. In abortion, the woman can go and get an abortion without the approval of the dad of that baby. Again, a Jezebel double standard. Here's another one. You notice how I saw a clip. I guess this happened a few years ago or something. Katy Perry on American Idol. You know, they got the panel. I believe they got Luke Bryan. They got, what's his name? Can't remember. Another male singer. Lionel. Wow. Name's not coming to me. Fantastic singer, by the way. And then you got Katy Perry. And so this young guy, 17, she questions him and he reveals that he's 17. He's never kissed a girl. And she goes over to him and tricks him into turning his head one way and then turns it back the other way and she plants a kiss right on his lips. You know, and everybody celebrates that and laughs. Now, what if that would have been on the other foot? In other words, what if Luke Bryan would have did that to a 17-year-old girl, folks? He would have been carted off that stage on live TV and arrested for that. You know, he'd have never, you know, this guy would have had to get, what is it called? A get on the predator's list or whatever that is. I mean, it would have been an outright, you know, catastrophe that would have never stopped. He would have been labeled some kind of a pervert. But when Katy Perry did it to a young boy, that's okay. Isn't that interesting? So notice godless counterfeit men. I want to hit on the men right now that they need to be rebuked because what they've been doing, what we have been doing is whoring out. You've been whoring out your daughters to this world system. And I'm going to go into that in a minute. But suffice it to say in Leviticus 19.29, let's start with the scripture on this matter. Do not prostitute thy daughter to cause her to be a whore. Yeah, the word whore, whorish, whoremonger, whoredoms appears dozens of times in God's word. Do not prostitute thy daughter to cause her to be a whore, lest the land fall to whoredom and the land become full of wickedness. And what we have done is we've poured out our daughters to this world system instead of following the word of God. And one of the ways that we've done that, we've got a generation of young women who were raised by godless fathers. Many of them claiming to be Christian, but they're far from it. They wouldn't know Jesus if he stood in their face. And we know that because of the fruit of their lives. What they did is they taught their daughters that what's important is getting a college degree. And so many times you hear these young ladies say, my dad said, don't even think about getting married until I finish my degree. It isn't that interesting. That same devil father didn't teach them God's word. They didn't teach them what God said is the purpose and the plan for his creation of the woman. The fathers didn't teach their daughters to serve God and to serve all the men around them, namely their father, their brothers, 
and their husband to come, you see. They hoard them out to this world system, deceiving them into believing that getting this, you know, prize of a college degree was going to be the answer to everything. And this has brought a great curse on our land. When the woman was taken out of the home, which she is to be the keeper of home, Titus 2, verse 5, I believe it is, that's when the destruction of our society began because any nation is built upon the nuclear family, the father, the husband, and the wife, and the mother, and the children, sitting around a beautiful dinner table every night, enjoying God's blessings, and discussing things, and putting into our children what's important. Instead of them using that time, if they even had that time, God forbid that there's a family, that there's not a dinner at night where the whole family is present to gather around and be a family, and to bond, and to teach the children. But instead of taking that time to teach those children the Word of God, you know, some of you listening to me, you got a college degree and you don't have 10 Bible verses from the King James Bible memorized, which is laughable. And you somehow in your mind think you've got a higher education. You don't have a higher education. You haven't even read through the whole of the most important book on the planet and in all of history, the Bible. You're ignorant, man. Could I say you're an ignoramus? Probably so. A little embarrassment goes a long way, perhaps. Pawning yourself off like you have a higher education and you don't even know the Bible? You got to be kidding me, man. David said in the book of Psalms that he knew more and was more informed than all of his ancients, his professors. Why? Because he knew the word of God. Psalm 119 verse 99 and 100 says, I have more understanding than all my teachers, for thy testimonies are my meditation. You know, it's interesting that some of the most smart, successful, intelligent people in the world do not have a college degree. Pretty much that just prepares you to be a slave, kills your individual liberty and creativity and entrepreneurialism, etc. So that's not something to be real proud of in, in my estimation. I have more understanding than all my teachers. You know, it's interesting. I had a discussion with somebody recently. So I said, I can go into any college bookstore right now, you know, where they sell the textbooks for the classes and get those books. I was trying to make a point. I can go buy the same history book, the same calculus book, whatever the subject is, English book that they're going through just to pass a test, not to really absorb into your spirit and mind and life in these college classrooms. So why would I go pay this college or these colleges $100,000 to get this piece of paper when I can go get the book for $20 or $40 and learn it all myself? I'm making a point, but I think it, it is a point that's needed. So David said that he had more understanding than all his teachers because his meditation was the written word of God, the testimonies, the scriptures of the word of God. Interesting. And verse 100, this is Psalm 119. He says, I understand more than my ancients, more than the professors, because I keep thy precepts. I mean, let me say this also. It's interesting how, you know, almost anybody can be a professor these days. All they're doing is taking people through a pre-recorded script of their textbooks many times, which is nothing but indoctrination and false history. So I don't know. I'm not very impressed by this title in uh, these people that are called professors in our day. Now, let's get back to these gentlemen who claim to be Christians in many cases and yet have pawned their daughters off into the world system so that their daughters are not prepared to be a wife and a mother, the reason for which God made them. When he made Adam, he said, it's not good for man to be alone. I'm going to make a help meet for him. Concentrate on, study the word help meet, ladies, because God requires 
opposite of you, you're going to give full account to him for it. That's the big thing. The devil and his system doesn't tell you as they mislead you. See, they're stealing you away from God's purpose. He's come to steal, kill, and destroy. And they're not going to remind you that you're going to stand in the Supreme Court of the universe to give account to your maker for fulfilling the ordained, unchanging role of a woman, dear sisters. And gentlemen, it's the same for us. So the same devil, this father, so-called Christian father, didn't teach his children and namely his daughters the word of God. And to teach, he didn't teach them to serve as unto the Lord in a humble servant's capacity to prepare them for marriage and to be a wife and a mother. And that's the reason, the stated reason for which God made the woman. And to that man, I would say, repent now, you vile sinner, because you hoard your daughter off to the world system, to Satan's world system. And you sit back, you're still so smug and in darkness that you sit back as if you've been successful and you've been an utter failure and you're under the judgment of God. Because you wouldn't have done any of that if you'd have been walking in the light. And it's the entrance of his words that giveth light. Your little sham and mere form or formula of godliness is nothing but a putrid stench in the nostrils of a holy God. The light of truth comes through the word of God. And because you didn't choose to be a man of truth, but rather a moral coward carried away in the current of this fallen world, you did all these evil things such as a whore your daughter, pawn her off to the world system. And you still act like that's okay because you need to get saved. You would never have led your daughter any other way, but the right ways of the Lord, which are recorded in Holy Scripture, if you will walk in the light with Christ. So it's time to shut up and repent. Leviticus 19.29. Do not prostitute thy daughter to cause her to be a whore, lest the land fall to whoredom. That's what's happened in America. And the land become full of wickedness. Notice, notice, how does the land, how did our land become full of wickedness? Because of godless, filthy, vile, sinful men who hoard their daughters and their wives out to the world. Not only is that literal, or should I say principally, but it's also literal. You're sending in 17, 18, 19 year old girl outside of your roof and covering to protect her off to a college full of wicked young people and the whole system of wickedness through the communist demon possessed professors. What do you think's going to happen, sir? Do I really need to go into detail about that? So this is not only principally, it's also literally. Do not prostitute thy daughter to cause her to be a whore, lest the land fall to whoredom. We've never seen more fornication across the board of every kind, the perversion of the beautiful thing God created called sex to be within a marriage covenant between one man and one woman. We've never seen the proliferation of evil as we're seeing here. And you can just go back a few decades and see how men allowed their daughters to go to school and even pushed them in that direction. I don't know how many young women I've heard lately say, my dad required that I get a degree. And he said, I can't get married. And they're 
celebrate it. They don't see it. They're in darkness. They're so entrenched in this darkness, they can't see. He said, I have to get a degree before I get married. God didn't call women to go get a degree. He absolutely called them and ordained them and mandated them and is holding them fully accountable for being to learning to be a number one, a worshiper of him. Number two, a good, godly wife. And number three, in this order, always the exact order of God, a mother. First of all, women, God, Jesus Christ is your head. And he made the man the head of the woman in the marriage, in the home. And so your number one calling is to worship God. Number two, to take care of your husband in every way. And then number three is to be a good mother. Many women we see today, that's all they care about is their kids, you see. And that God's holding them accountable to take care of their husband first, not their kids. In fact, the best thing you can do for your kids is be a good wife to their dad. Let's talk about this cursed woman, this cursed woman, quote unquote. And that is taken from 2 Kings 9, 33 through 37. There will be no Jezebel in heaven, my friends. And we see Jezebel all over the place, not only in society, but in the churches, you know, with all of these intercessory prayer group witches of women. There's no such thing as an intercessory prayer group or even a designated intercessor in the New Testament church. You will not find it in the New Testament canon. It's nothing but Jezebel witchcraft. Recently, a dear sister named Jennifer said, quote, Jezebel is the norm, even in many churches. It's so disturbing, she said. And I fully agree. And yet it's the men, as it was in Thyatira, Revelation 2, verse 20 through 24, that God holds mostly, nobody's innocent, but Jesus addresses Jezebel in the New Testament. And it was a woman, this woman named Jezebel. Revelation 2, 20 through 24. We got a lot on this. If you look under the category of Jezebel, safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash Jezebel, it's quite an education. But what is a Jezebel? Before we find out how this witch in the Old Testament was killed, what her bitter end was, and what God's statement is to everyone thereafter who would dare be a Jezebel. What's a Jezebel? Let me start by saying, what's an Ahab? Ahab was the husband, the little light in his loafers, pansy husband of Jezebel, who allowed her to operate in this witchcraft. And men, if your wife is a manipulating witch, Jezebel, you're 100% guilty yourself for allowing it. You know, we got this old wives fable that most people laugh at when it's said. Yeah, you're not going to find me laughing at it because my eyes are open as many of your eyes have been open to this where they say, women say, well, he might be the head, but I'm the neck that turns the head and they laugh and they mean that though. Let me let me just tell you in many cases. So what is a Jezebel? A Jezebel is a woman who's simply acting outside of the distinct beautiful role of the woman. That is just exactly as God stated she should be. Jezebel is a despicable perversion of the beauty God created women to be and the capacity for which he created them to serve. Women, we could say, are the crowning blessing to his creation and to his men. God made the man, then he took the woman out of the man. He said, it is not good that the man should be alone. I will make a help me for him. Now, notice in 2 Kings chapter 9, beginning in verse 33, what it says of the original Jezebel. Again, the Bible speaks of Jezebel in both testaments. It's wise to learn what is said about Jezebel. And he said, throw her down, throw her down. She's up high in a building and start in verse 30. This is Jehu and how he had Jezebel executed. Jehu was a man of 
of truth of God. By the way, there's no such thing as a man of God who is not valiant for the truth, Jeremiah 9.3, who is not a man whose conscience is captive to the truth of God's word. No such thing. You're a moral coward if you're not a man of truth. But I go to church. Yeah, you're going straight to hell like most people who go to church. Repent now and go on a fast until you're dead. Door, nail, dead and over, and Christ alone reigns in your life. How long will you play the part of a hypocrite, an actor? Repent. Get honest and get on your face. Shut your mouth and repent. And when Jehu was come to Jezreel, Jezebel heard of it. Boy, the Jezebels hate men of truth. If you're not drawing fire from Jezebels, my friend, you need to get on your face before a holy God and repent. Because I'm going to tell you that if you're going to be attacked by anybody, it's going to be these vicious, animalistic Jezebels. And by the way, let me say it in case it isn't clear already that I invite you Jezebels to attack me. I wear your scorn as a badge of honor. Thank you, Jesus. And your demise is coming for attacking Jesus because that's who you're really attacking when you attack the truth of God and the messengers who unwaveringly and fearlessly preach that truth. The curse of the Lord is upon you. And just like we're going to see here that this wicked witch, Jezebel, her disgraced demise came. That's the same end you have. You are going to burn consciously in the flames of eternal damnation, world without end. Repent. And when Jehu was come to Jezreel, Jezebel heard of it. She knew exactly who he was, and she painted her face. Boy, That's a whole topic right there about the sheep's clothing that these Jezebels hide behind. She painted her face and tired her head and looked out at a window. And as Jehu entered in at the gate, she said, Had Zimri peace? Who slew his master? And he lifted up his face to the window and said, Who is on my side? Who? He asked it again. Who? Okay, so Jehu looked up to the window up in a building, several stories up perhaps. And he said to those up there, who is on my side? Who? And I would say right now, beloved gentlemen, who is on the side of Christ, on the side of truth? He is the way, the truth, and the life. And he said, thy word is truth. John 17, 17. Are you on God's side? He's asking, and it's rhetorical. If you're not on the side of God's truth, you're not on the side of God. Jesus said, he that is of God, God heareth God's words. In other words, they hear and embrace them and encounter them to be the final divine authority of their lives. Who is on my side? He asked these gentlemen up there. And there looked out to him two or three eunuchs, two or three men that weren't taken, we could say, by the lust of the eyes. Their hearts weren't filled with lust for women. That's the spiritual meaning, perhaps in part, of eunuchs. So when he asked who is on my side, out of the window looked two or three eunuchs. And he said to them, and apparently they were obviously in agreement with him. He said to them, he said, throw her down. That's what all true men of God are doing. They are casting down Jezebel as we're doing in this message with the truth of God. Just like these men obeyed the prophet Jehu and they threw this witch down to her death and demise. And he said, 
said, throw her down. So they threw her down and some of her blood was sprinkled on the wall and on the horses and he trod her underfoot. So apparently Jehu had this witch thrown down where every Jezebel is headed unless they repent and become a woman of God. They are going to be going downward to their death. Ultimately, that represents eternal damnation. And she went splat. It must have been a high distance, we can surmise from this, because her blood was sprinkled on the wall. She burst. That was her demise. She went straight down and exploded when she hit the ground. The blood shattered on the walls and on the horses, and he trod her underfoot. So apparently, perhaps, he was in a carriage pulled by horses, and he trod her underfoot. You ever see somebody who runs over a snake in the road with their vehicle and then keeps backing up over it? That's kind of the picture here. They're going to make sure that snake is dead. And apparently Jehu was going to make sure that witch was done. And when he was come in, he did eat and drink and said, go see now this cursed woman. Notice God calls this Jezebel and every Jezebel a cursed woman. And unfortunately, there are millions of women today, the world over, and especially in America, who God views as a cursed woman. And when he was come in, 2 Kings 9, 34, he did eat and drink and said he had done the will of God. That's what's represented here. Now he worked hard, did what God called him to do by executing this wicked woman named Jezebel. So he had a nice meal after that and then said, go see now this cursed woman. Go check it out. She's dead and bury her for she is a king's daughter. Notice bury her for she is a king's daughter jezebel was certainly a woman of uh, very high lineage she was daughter of the king of tyre wife of ahab who was the king of israel at the time mother of joram king of israel mother-in-law of joram king of judah and grandmother of ahazai ahazai king of judah so obviously this witch many women because of her position were under this tutelage of this Jezebel. And that's what we got today, folks. You younger ladies, you know, the other women that have gotten to be in their 30s and 40s and 50s, many of their eyes have been opened as how the evil feminists of our day have misled them and destroyed their lives. And you're headed for the same destruction, even though you think that, you know, you'll never get old at your young age. But you're headed, those same women in their 30s, 40s and 50s and 60s and 70s who were led down a path of destruction by the feminists in high places, influenced by these witches, have absolutely nothing good to show for their lives, or very minimal in many cases, I should say, because they allowed themselves to be led outside, anywhere outside, of obedience to God's stated purpose for the woman, the reason why he created the woman, and for which every woman shall give full account to him. So she is a king's daughter. She had much influence over the women of her day and misled them. And notice we read earlier in the book of Leviticus where it says that the land would fall to whoredom and the land would become full of wickedness when men prostitute their daughters and whore them out to this world system, Leviticus 19, 29. And that's what we see happening today in America and the fallout of it. I don't know how long it could last at this point. And they went to bury her and they found no more of her than the skull and the 
feet and the palms of her hands. Notice they found her skull. They found her feet and her hands. Wherefore, they came again and told him, and he said, This is the word of the Lord, which he spoke by his servant Elijah the Tishbite, saying, In the portion of Jezreel shall the dogs eat the flesh of Jezebel. Notice the dog was in that society the most degraded of animals. Okay, so this is actually a prophetic word that was uttered by Elijah in 1 Kings 21, 23, which reads this way. And of Jezebel also spake the Lord, saying, quote, The dog shall eat Jezebel by the wall of Jezreel. And here in 2 Kings chapter 9, we see this prophetic utterance from God through Elijah fulfilled. And let me tell you, the war was between Elijah, the man of God, and Jezebel. If you recall, you read, you go back and read 1 Kings, the book. Jezebels are always going to war against men, uncompromising men of truth. So this is a prophecy fulfilled. One commentator says how those words came back to the two men who had heard them from the lips of God's servant years before. God's mills grind slowly, but to powder. In a deep sense, Ahab's blood was licked by dogs as it flowed from the gaping wounds of his son. As a man sows, he reaps, and when his children follow his steps, they reap also. But Ezekiel makes it clear that a godly son may break the entail of his father's iniquities. Uh, see Ezekiel chapter 18, which has a most important bearing on the modern doctrine of heredity. He continues, Jezebel's heart was proud and unbroken. In other words, unrepentant. She thought to make the conqueror the slave of her charms. When these failed, she taunted him with the fate of Zimri, so closely associated with the rise of Ahab's family to the throne. His reign of seven days was thrown in Jehu's teeth or in his face, but Jezebel could not avert her fate. Her own chamberlains turned against her. Wow. See, those eunuchs up there in the building that Jehu called out to and said, whoever is with me, make yourself known, basically, in the truth, they turned against her. See, Jezebel is not going to escape. She does evil, as Proverbs depicts it, and wipes her mouth like she did nothing wrong. That's what whorish women do. But their judgment is sure, and it's coming. Then he finishes this commentator. How often does God's representative ask the same question, and it is, who is on my side? Quote, unquote. Let us heed, he finishes, the challenge and dare to look out in answer. There is service appointed for us all, and we must not fail to render it. Just like these eunuchs answered the call of God to partake in the destruction of the Jezebel of their day. And that's what we must do today, friends. It's not a physical war. We wrestle not against flesh and blood. But the reality is that many who claim to be serving Christ or that put off themselves to be good people are absolutely evil and utterly rebellious in the eyes of a holy God who said that obedience is better than sacrifice. And then he spoke of the witchcraft that comes with being rebellious. Those that are truthful to God and are men and women of truth are absolutely men and women of obedience to God. First Samuel 15, 22 and 23. Here's a man who was a prophet of God and yet did not obey God. In fact, let's read of him. Actually, he was a king, Saul. The prophet said that 
Samuel, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, in other words, outward show of religion, as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Lots of people have the form of godliness. They go to church or whatever. They even read the Bible, but they don't obey God. See, same thing. Nothing's changed. There's no new thing under the sun. Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices, as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice, and to hearken than the fat of rams, for rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft, and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry, because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord. You didn't obey it. It's one thing to hear it. It's another thing to obey it. He hath also rejected thee from being king. So, in a sense, God took down, he threw down Saul here for his rebellion, for not fulfilling and doing the work of the Lord. Gentlemen, God is holding us accountable to obey him. To obey is better than sacrifice. And he that saith, I know him, and keepeth not his commandments, is a liar, and the truth is not in him. First John chapter 2, verse 4. And part of that obedience for us is going to be to, to stand and expose and declare the rebellion of the Jezebels of our day. To fearlessly put her on full blast and uncover her dark doings and agenda so that other blessed younger women and older and all people can learn and depart from coinciding with and agreeing with the rebellion of this wicked agenda from Satan, many times called feminism, and the Bible calls it Jezebelianism, if you will, where they have enacted and pushed for with witchcraft and rebellion the murder of innocent unborn children to the tune of over 60 million babies. And let me say this, over the last two years, two or three years, the Lord put it in my spirit to declare a prayer, to pray with all boldness, because when he tells you to pray for something, he gives you the faith and the grace to do it. And against all odds, when it looked like it would never end, we began to pray, several of us together, that in the name of Jesus, all abortion would be outlawed in America. And now we see this actually coming to pass something only God can do in defeating the enemy. But it was not before a whole several generations of people, especially women, have been swept up in this tidal wave of rebellion against God's creative order for the man and the woman that this took place. So it has caused immeasurable, incalculable damage. And so to the dear ladies listening, I would say if you balk at the biblical truth that you were created by your maker to serve him and the men around you, that rebellion in you, my friend, is very deep-seated. But God is able to unearth it and to give you a heart of flesh that delights in him and in obeying him. Don't tell anyone, don't tell me or anybody else that you're a woman of God and you're not walking according to the word of God. You are utterly deceived and destined for eternal damnation. You are not a woman of God. You are not woman of truth. You are not a virtuous woman. You are a rebel and you are operating in witchcraft. God would never contradict his own word. Forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. Psalm 119 verse 89. There will be not one Jezebel in heaven, not one, as we just read in 2 Kings chapter 9, of the disgrace, the utter shame 
of the original Jezebel, so shall it be with every Jezebel, every woman that operates outside of the stated, ordained order, creative order and ordination of God upon his women. You're going to be thrown down, thrown down into hell, eaten by the dogs of the flames of eternal damnation, which will be cast into the lake of fire. Repent, or you're going to the same place that every Jezebel has gone when they died. And, you know, every man that is behind that has led their daughters to be empowered and an independent woman, a feminist Jezebel, you're just as guilty. In fact, more guilty in the eyes of a holy God. And sir, you need to repent because you're going to hell. Oh, the beauty and contrast and the blessing of doing things God's way and not our own or not the bill of, you know, buying into the bill of goods of this cursed world system that has sold us all down the river that leads to damnation. As we close, I want to read a contrast between a Jezebel and a Ruth, a woman that is a God. There's nothing more beautiful on this planet than a God-fearing woman. Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that feareth the Lord, she shall be praised. Proverbs 31, the Jezebel spirit, seven comparisons of the Jezebel spirit and the Ruth spirit, if you will. Jezebel rules her husband. Ruth submits to her husband. Which one are you, beloved? Jezebel loves to manipulate. Ruth loves to serve others. Number three, Jezebel falsely accuses the godly, but in contrast, Ruth honors God's leaders. Jezebel uses lust to control, but the Ruth woman, the godly woman, lives modestly and pure, and that's reflected in her dress. First Timothy 2.9 says women are to dress modestly. All right, number five, the Jezebel claims to be religious, but Ruth walks with the Lord. Jezebel refuses to accept guilt and responsibility, but the godly woman Woman, the Ruth is humble and repentant and openly confesses any sin she might commit. And finally, number seven, Jezebel is ungrateful to God, but Ruth is grateful to God. Which one are you, beloved? Which one are you choosing to be? The transformed wife, uh, Lori Alexander is her name, her and her husband, are a big blessing to the body of Christ. I highly recommend that all women listening to me add this blessed, precious sister on social media, the trans transformed wife. Here's her latest post. It says, learn to cook, young women, whether you like it or not. Here's another double standard. Think about it. She says, men must go into the workforce to provide for their families, whether they like it or not. You must also decide to be a good homemaker, which includes cooking, whether you like it or not. Your family's health depends on it. Now, she states these things in short, but they're impregnated with truth. God God has called women to be wives and mothers. That's the building block of his society where he said that the God has set the family, Psalm chapter 68, God has set the solitary in the family. That's the nucleus of any society. And so when the family is destroyed, when the mother is not at home, being a keeper at home, to Titus 2.5, which God 
ordains non-negotiably, the home, the nucleus of the family is being destroyed. People pawn their children off to the world system. They don't know who's watching their children or who's being hired at that daycare. How many stories do we have to see of molestation and hurting and even killing little children because mom and dad just had to have the big house and the two big vehicles? So they sacrificed their children on the altar of their own sinful greed, and now their children are either gone or damaged for life. Unbelievable. The fallout. I'm going to end with what I started with as we close, my friends. Leviticus 19.29, do not prostitute thy daughter to cause her to be a whore, lest the land fall to whoredom and the land become full of wickedness. This is where it all began, folks. When we chose to do things our own way instead of trusting in the Lord with all our heart and leaning not to our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledging Him and letting Him direct our path through his word because his word is a lamp to our feet and a light into our feet our path be not wise in thine own conceit let us repent and draw nigh to god in confession of our many sins may god bless each of us to weep and to mourn for our sins hosea 10:12. so to yourselves in righteousness reap in mercy for it is time to seek the lord until he come and rain righteousness upon us so to yourselves in righteousness reap in mercy break up your fallow ground for it is time to seek the Lord until or till he come and rain righteousness upon you. Hosea 10 verse 12. Well, brothers and sisters, it's been a blessing to spend these moments with you in the Word of God. And remember, there's hundreds of more Christ-centered, scripture-rich, edifying podcasts on safeguardyoursoul.com forward slash audios. There's also a store page with several, many books on there for your edification in Christ. They're all scripture-rich and Christ-centered. Also, tens of thousands of saints and sinners are being reached every month, and you're prayers are coveted for the fruitfulness and supply of this outreach. God be praised, by the way, for those who are supporting. And feel free to visit our donate page on the site. And you can use your debit card, PayPal, or Patreon. And you can become a monthly sustaining member if you choose to do so. And a gift of any amount is so appreciated. Part of this outreach is to equip and supply other ministering disciples across our great country and all over the world. And may God be praised that there's fruitfulness happening among his people and through his beloved saints as we know that the return of our Lord Jesus Christ draws nigh. And we say together in the words of Revelation 22, even so, come Lord Jesus. Amen.